Welcome to Two Guys, One Book, where two friends tackle their reading list one book at a time. Welcome back, everybody, to Two Guys, One Book. I am your co-host, Brian, and I am joined with Tim. Joined by. Right? Joined by <laughs> Tim. Okay. <laughs> we read books. But we don't know grammar. (laughs) Welcome, Tim. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? I'm good. Today, we are discussing Liberation Day stories by George Saunders. This is a collection of short stories by an author I like, uh, and George Saunders. I've read him before, and uh, this was his new release from the fall of last year, so I figured what better way to... Um, introduced him to George Saunders than uh, reading his newest work. So, um, I mean, that's basically why I picked it because I like George Saunders. Um, but yeah, Tim, have you, well, have you read him before or is this your first? I have not read him. I've heard lots of good things about him as a writer. And I was curious actually, what other books have you read by him before? Oh, well, I, I was first introduced to him with, uh, a previous collection of short stories he wrote uh, a few years ago called 10th of December. Um, and then he also wrote a novel called Lincoln and the Bardo. And those are the two that I read. Um, 10th of December had some stories in it that really affected me and I found very gripping and uh, very unique, unlike anything else I'd ever read. Um, so he quickly catapulted uh, to one of my top uh, can current authors today um and so now i'm probably gonna read everything he writes from here on out i might go back and read some of his older stuff i don't know i haven't decided yet i have plenty of other things on my to read list so we'll see but um did you have uh, did you have any expectations or anything coming in i guess you know like i said i heard he was a good writer but i had it i didn't really know anything about it specifically um but after sort of getting introduced to his uh the short story approach he took it reminded me a little bit of like the overstory that we read recently in the sense that he's got these different characters and perspectives that he writes well. And then also a little bit, um, Ted, is it Chang who wrote the, um, the sci-fi stories? There's a couple of these, uh, in this one, there's nine stories and, uh, Ted Chang's are like all sci-fi and this one, maybe just like a couple would be considered sci-fi, but, um, a little, uh, some parallels there as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, Yes, I agree with you that that is very like I think those are two good comparisons. Um, I was thinking very much of Ted Chang's collection Exhalation is what we read, um, and the first half of the overstory because the first half of the overstory was more episodic where we learn we get some backstory about the main characters and then he moves on to the next character and each chapter in the first half of the overstory is a little chapter about all the characters that we're going to know and then the second half. It goes from there. So, yes, very similar writing th- from all three authors. And yes, this book, the uh, Liberation Day, did have some sci-fi or or just uh, magical realism elements to them too. Um, and just little second, and that, that, that's what I enjoy about George Saunders is like you go into, you start an, uh, a story and you don't know where it's going, and then you are along for the ride, and then before you know it, it's over. And that's one thing I like about short stories. Yeah, you know what's funny is I listened to a bunch of podcast interviews with him prior to recording this, just to try to, you know, get more of a sense of some of the stories. And he actually said 
almost verbatim what you said about his stories being kind of like a roller coaster where he takes you along for a ride. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think that's a good way to put it because, you know, in some ways maybe he sort of subverts some expectations as far as like, you know, being predictable or how you might expect a story to go. And, um, I think I kind of appreciate that breaking from, uh, the norm, maybe his style. And, um, and so, yeah, that's, uh, that's a good takeaway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, overall, uh, did it meet your expectations? Did it not? Like, did you want to go through the stories and talk about our favorite stories maybe, or? Yeah. Yeah. I think let's go through each story, but also just starting with the overall first impression. So like, I think for me, uh, part of the reason I wanted to go through a lot of his interviews is because maybe a little bit, I struggled the first <laughs> read through maybe, maybe because I hadn't read anything quite like this stuff before. I guess he was saying too, he drew a lot from like Russian uh, stories and authors like Chekhov for influences. And uh, maybe I'm just not as familiar with some of those styles. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, a little hard for me to get into some of the stories at first. And I like some a lot more than others. But um, but after thinking about them and sitting with them a bit, I think it was overall pretty uh, interesting and engaging. So so yeah, what were your overall impressions? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I definitely feel like um, some are, stories are more captivating or uh, that I just honestly liked better than others. And I feel like that's kind of what it was like uh, looking back at on 10th of December. I like cracked that one open and looked at the table of contents and I was like, huh, you know, a few of these I really remember. A few of them I don't remember at all. So I think it's it's um, definitely like uh, with his collections, I feel like there's going to be swings and misses. Like, I mean, I don't think like every single one is going to be uh, 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 knock it out of the park. But um, but, I, but I think that's one reason that I like about short stories is you don't know what it is going into it. And even if you're halfway through it and you're not really feeling it, you just know you get to the end, maybe there's a twist or something. But even if it's not that great of a short story, you know, the next there's always a next one to wait. Yeah. And different stories uh, speak to different people and different people will take different things away from the same one. So, so yeah, uh, that's a good segue, I think, to Liberation Day, the the titular, uh, <laughs> is that <laughs> that's the right yeah. word, right? Yeah. I think I've ever used the word titular, but I'm going to use it. Uh, the first ends day is called Liberation Day. Yes. And, uh, and it's actually like, I would say like twice as long as any other uh, short story in the book. So it's a longer one. It could have, honestly probably been its own separate like novella um but yeah i think this one was really good uh maybe my favorite i don't know i one of my top favorites from these nine but it had more of a sci-fi edge to it so i don't know do you want to give like a quick summary about what it's about and like we won't go into super detail with all these because there are nine of them but like this one essentially it um it's in this it all takes place in this one house and they have a, a listening room and in this listening room are physical people mounted on the wall who are alive and they're and they're but they're not moving they're just mounted on the wall and they are kind of programmed with a device on the back of their necks so that they are under the controls of the owner of the house so that he can get them to perform like a narrative story or an or something with their mouths like actually like orate a story and they're there of their own free will or, or their minds are wiped or something, but they're there. Be, they're getting paid to be there or something. Is that right, Tim? And yeah, they he left it a little ambiguous, but I think 
you know, maybe uh, I think he suggests that for money they might have sold their uh, per- persona in order to uh, have their memory wiped and and then make get something to return. But they were there, you know, voluntarily. It right. And then so this the, the man of the house gets them to the, uh, do performances and he has guests over and whatnot. And then at one of these performances, uh, protesters break in because they feel like. He's imprisoning these people on the, their wall, and they're trying to rescue him. But then chaos ensues when one of the people on the wall, the person we're uh, hearing the story through, or being told the narrative of the story is one of these, uh, I don't know what they call them, orators? or I'm not sure they're getting I forget. But it's basically one of the people on the wall is the narrator, narrator of the story, and then he goes off. They were in this story about uh, Custer's last stand, and then he gets totally consumed by the story to where he kills the protesters, but thinking that they were Indians or something. So it was messed up. Yeah. Yeah. So what were your, uh, takeaways from, well, I mean, I thought it was very original. I, it also reminded me of another story from 10th of December, which is, you know, which was similar to the extent of like, uh, and I, I mean, going to this more with another story, whereas like, I think George Saunders very much, uh, his mind comes up with stories that uh where people in the future people pe- in the future people who are of lesser means or maybe on a hard time will um sacrifice their own autonomy at times to get a job doing something that we think is completely uh demeaning or maybe even partly enslaving but um the, the people are in such dire straits that they're willing to do that um, and so this is a theme I think touched on in a couple stories, which I think is interesting to the point because like, are, will people uh, get so desperate in, a, in the age of technology? I find it kind of hard to believe that people will be it that desperate for like basically the person of the house is using these people as as an entertainment device. When we have so much entertainment with our phones and and other you know web based interfaces like TikTok, are we eventually going to have a um, a correction from that to where we won't desire real people entertaining us again. Yeah, it's it's an interesting concept. It felt a lot like a Black Mirror. Like I don't know if you've seen the one White Bear. Um, it's been a while, but it's uh, it's similar in the sense like so you have these main characters who are kind of like well they used to be criminals and then they have their memories wiped each day and then they go through this basically uh, basically a performance where people are witnessing them and try to like you know, escape some dramatic scenario and, and solve some uh, puzzle. You make a very good point. It is similar to that White Bear episode where we see someone who has who was committed a crime, but they don't remember it because their mind has been wiped, and then uh, they get kind of like sent through this horrific uh, uh, event all over again for the entertainment of other people. Right. But, you know, what's interesting in the story is that it uh, the way he described, like, the people who were uh, teaching the people who are on the wall to like act they it didn't make them sound like bad people necessarily so and he said in one of the, his podcast interviews like that was kind of intentional he didn't want to make things too black and white and sort of like uh played around with the different um uh personalities i guess yeah yeah and if i had one critique throughout this it's like it was a little hard for me to follow at times uh as far as what's going on right and um but then again it it probably goes back to that it's a little intentional that he's somewhat disorienting or breaking from a typical like structure 
or presentation of of plot and characters. I think I think that um, that disorientation is intentional, yes, but I also think it helps me pay attention to what I'm reading because I don't know what's going on in the first, you know, five or six pages. And so I definitely want to try to figure it out. So like I'm engaged from the start, like sometimes when you read a story or, or especially a novel, like it might take you a second to get into it and fully, fully, uh, uh, understand what's going on. But I feel like with these, you only have like 20, 30 pages. So, and at the start, he's into something already that you're like, what is going on? I don't understand. And, but I think that's one thing that helps me get engaged and get engaged quick in the stories. Yeah. And related to that, he was saying his writing style is like, he'll just start writing and he doesn't have like, he doesn't really think through the whole, uh, story before he's going, he compared it more to like kind of improvising. Um, and so I think that kind of comes through in the writing. And I mean, when you put it like that, maybe that's an excuse for not having like a coherent and connected theme throughout things, but. At the same time, it probably makes for a more interesting um, approach because you don't really know what to expect as far as where things are going. And he didn't know when, as he's writing that, where it's going to end up. He's along for the ride just as much as we are, I guess. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so what's the second one? Uh, the Mom of Bold Action. Right. So the Mom of Bold Action uh, told that our narrator is a mom who has a husband and a, a small child. And the small child gets pushed over uh, on the sidewalk one day by an old man and they're like, oh, this is, we can't, we're not, we're gonna, you know, she's a mama bold in action. So she's not gonna sit back and take it. So she goes out and, and the police find an old man wandering the streets and then they find a second old man. So now they don't know like which one of both the two pushed the kid down. And she was, she's like, oh my goodness. Now the old man that pushed my kid down is just gonna go around town pushing kids down, you know? And so she, she, she like pretends like she's like a struggling writer too. So like she come throughout the day, she comes up with little, uh, uh, little thought bubbles of like, oh, I could write about this or I could write about that. So she writes something about how, oh, somebody, I, I could take actions into my own, own hands and, and take care of both old men uh, or something like that. And so her husband reads this and then he goes out and whacks one of them old men with a baseball bat on the knee. And now the old man's walking around with a lip and, and. And the old man identifies the husband and the police call and they're like, Hey, why don't you just drop the whole kid getting pushed down thing and we will drop your husband, get hit in an old man. So, and that's pretty much it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good summary. I think, I guess it's maybe a little bit a satire and like helicopter parents or something. It's uh in general, it had a little, it, a lighter tone and more funny, I think than like the last one, last story that was darker. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, can't say it was my favorite one, but um, yeah, um, but yeah, um, same. Yeah, I, yeah, I, th- I thought it was okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I have much else to say on that one. <laughs> right, I feel like this. I think I feel like some of these were had a similar feel to them, and that was that was one that I think connected to a few other ones later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, for sure. We keep it moving. Yeah. All right. The third uh, one. Oh. Oh. Okay. The third one is love letter. You want me to give you a synopsis of this one too? Love letter. I can give the synopsis. It's basically uh, set in the future, not the distant future, maybe like 10, 15 years from now. And it's like a, a grandfather writing to his grandson um, about how he's kind of suggesting that, you know, things are in a dark place politically for the country. Like democracy has sort of taken a, a bad turn and isn't uh, very well supported. It's kind of society's not in a great place. 
And so I guess uh, he's saying like, you know, sort of wondering in the letter, like what they could have done differently in their era and generation and then time to kind of prevent things to get to that dire state. So it's, um, it's just written in the letter format from him to his grandson. Right. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. I, this was one of my favorites. I enjoyed it. Um, it's pretty straightforward. There's nothing like you can tell he wrote this, like thinking of the current political. Well, I think I read that this one was actually that this love letter story was actually written, uh, in 2020. So, um, you know, higher the pandemic and the presidential election, not knowing what the future had in store. Um, I could see George Saunders, uh, wondering, uh, the future, the direction of the country and, and what could we do now that, uh, we aren't, but maybe one day in the future would wish we had, you know, if that makes sense. <laughs> it's, yeah. 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 I thought that was a, this was a good one. And, um, he talked about like in interviews, like, uh, you know, he didn't know what he was doing in his own life to change things. And he had talked to people like more political politically on the right side of his family and then people to the left of him, even though he's pretty far left himself and um, just try to get a sense of like where they're at. And he appreciated the fact that they could still have like an open dialogue and it's not something to like take for granted because, you know, the history is, is full of kind of dark times and people getting silenced and, uh, you know, dictators and fascists and, and all these things. So, you know, I thought uh, the tone of this one was, um, was good and it's uh it was a good story yeah i did too and and you know you make some good points in the letter like you know the grandpa says you know like you know uh, we voted for the right people we 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 gave money to the right organizations that we thought that we believed in we just like it felt like the grandpa was just kind of doing like i i could see myself in like the actions the grandpa was talking about i could see myself doing as well feeling like that's really all I can do, you know, for now, right? Um, and just hope for the best, I guess. Yeah, I guess the commentary is kind of like a lot of people are just sort of drawn to inaction or naturally somewhat passive. And it's a little dangerous, I think, when that happens at scale and everyone is, uh, you know, not enough people are, are doing things or taking the stand for things. So I think uh, that's the message he's trying to get across. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's still, it's still a little disheartening that the, what, what's the voting rate in, a, in American elections? It's like low, right? Too lower than it should be. Yeah. Lower, lower than it should be, right? It's like 50%. Is that even like maybe in a presidential election we'll get half of the voting age population to vote? There's a lot of apathy, cynicism and, you know, and then even like someone like in this character, maybe well-intentioned, but also kind of indifferent or neutral. Uh, to an extent that sort of watch lets things happen. So, yeah. So I think, yeah, I thought it was a good story with a good message. And, and, um, I liked the fact that it was in a letter. I mean, so many of his stories are like first person, um, narr narrator, you know, like you're in somebody's mind, hear their thoughts. And then you, when you engage with other characters, it's through their lens. But with this one being a letter, I, I enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, speaking of the next one is told from different perspectives and i will say that was interesting in the audiobook because uh he had like different actors uh read different stories and then they would do different voices for the different people uh, but he had like tina fey i think read one and jack mcbrayer who was also on 30 rock and uh just like a handful of um good actors read the chapter so that was cool 
Okay. So in this one, so a thing at work is basically, uh, there's this like office where there's a male boss and two female coworkers don't like each other. One of them is like divorced and has kids at home and is stealing like paper towels from the kitchen at work to take home because she's like, oh, no one's going to care if I take a few paper towels. And she like stuffs them under her arms and, and scurries to her office or something. And then the other female employee is like uh, sleeping with a client when she's married to somebody, you know, she's already, she's married, but she's sleeping with a client and, um, and both of them don't like each other. So they go back and forth. And then the boss, the, the guy isn't much older than them, but he has to like, figure out this dispute and because the one woman is sleeping with a client the client calls them and so he eventually fires the woman that's stealing paper towels and oh man that sounds crazy yeah <laughs> is your office anything like this Brian no not at all <laughs> I think uh you know to some extent it's probably not uncommon in the sense like there's kind of office politics wherever you go right and uh obviously like some of this is exaggerated but I thought it was kind of funny to like hear these, um, the commentary from different people from different generations in the office, kind of how they would see things. Yeah. Do you think that, I mean, I thought this one was somewhat amusing and entertaining, but not very, um, not very like we like not, it was just like light. It was, you know, it wasn't deep. It wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't care about these characters. Like, some of the some of these stories, and one of the things I like about George Saunders is like sometimes I can really care about some of these characters in a short amount of time. But these I didn't really care about them. You know, like it was kind of it was funny. Like the wife, the the woman that was uh, uh, sleeping with a client then had broke it up, broke it off with the client. But then like her husband found out, and then he was he went to the roof or something, and the police were calling at home, and so she's like she was dealing with all that then. And that, and the way the, that story ended, I almost enjoyed that because he talked about all the shit in the van for that one woman when she got the other woman fired. So like no yeah. one turned out good in the, at the end of it. I think in uh, a few of his stories, they have this like absurdist tone to them, and that's kind of a, a theme in, in some of them. But yeah, I wasn't as engaged in this one. I didn't care about the characters as much. Um, but I think he used to work in like an office. He was like a technical writer or something and probably drew from that experience a bit. But yeah, definitely strong absurdist theme. Was this entertaining? Was this story entertaining on the audiobook at least? Yeah. Yeah. Audiobook was probably, I would say, for this one. Yeah. I think probably most of these say audiobook pretty entertaining. Yeah. I think so. I think, like I said, man, he had pretty good actors reading the story. So I would recommend this one. I think Audible, because it was like, with Audible, they're trying to like set it apart from like, you know, what can they do differently? So they hire voice actors to read different voices. So it's kind of cool. Okay. Uh, so what's the next one? Sparrow. Sparrow. Yeah. So Sparrow is about a uh, kind of like a hopeless romantic at work. Um, she's working in the store with um, this man whose mother, I guess, is she the store owner or she's like, yeah, yeah, she's the owner of the store. And, um, and it's kind of told from this woman's perspective who uh, is kind of like <laughs> falls in love with the son and doesn't really have a lot of like prospects, I guess, romantically or that kind of thing. And she kind of gets a lot of grief from his mother, the the boss. And um, but, you know, it's kind of a cute tale, I guess, told from her perspective. And they sort of gradually fall in love. And uh, I thought, again, I didn't know. I don't know if I cared a lot about <laughs> this these characters as much but it was kind of like a cute 
little story. What do you think? This one, this one was one of my favorites, actually. Believe it was or not. it really? Yeah, or whatever reason. The thing is, it wasn't told from her perspective. It was told about. It was. It was oh, a third very person. It was a third person narrator talking about she. She. This. This. This woman. This young woman is the sparrow. Quote unquote sparrow. Like you know. Yeah. I mean, like just kind of average looking. Not much many prospects, but like she starts liking the the son of the owner of the store. You know, and and then it's told. This whole third person narrative kind of gives it a little distance. Like we're kind of watching. Her and then him and then they get then they end up together and they they kind of love each other and people are, people around town walk around like saying they're kind of a hot couple but they're like hey they're happy you know and it and it had in and, and like it, he you know I just felt like it was kind of nice it was short it wasn't like drawn out or anything and it wasn't uh I don't know I I just really enjoyed it I I think it's pretty wholesome yeah especially when you put it like that and uh yeah, it's a nice story. I I do appreciate it too. I think he does a good job of not dragging things on longer than they should be. Like when uh, and he he mentioned that too. He's like, when I get to the point where I want to in the story, like I I just try to cut it off there. And maybe it seems abrupt sometimes, but he's like, you know, I don't need to go on and on. Like this is where I feel like it, it is a good place to end. And uh, and yeah, this is a nice little story. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I don't think I I get why not a memorable one and it's probably good not gonna be very many people's favorites but it was one of mine i would say and probably the most realistic one as far as the characters too like most kind of down to earth Uh, yeah yeah. so the next one i had some trouble following like okay describe ghoul for it's called ghoul right it's called ghoul yes um there's a lot to be inferred from this um essentially we are introduced People who are, um, oh, do they say where they're living? They're like in the, it's basically, he's, the main character is ghoul number two or something like that. And he has to go down to these pits or something. And um, they talk about being prepared for guests. That's kind of what we know. And he make, kind of makes a friend. But like his friend says some things about the uh, lack of guests and something else about the, the people in charge that he has to report or something or gets reported. And his friend goes away, and and then there's these other inspectors that are checking on people, and like basically, I get the impression that it's hell, maybe, and that these people are or these ghouls are like preparing to torture people for eternity. So this is the ghouls kind of like living their life, and then they they torture for a little bit, and then they go and sleep in their sleeping pods or something like that, and then mate with other people, other ghouls. They are asleep with. They, he calls it mating or whatever. And then, um, if they see or hear anything out of sorts, they're supposed to report it. The main ghoul, our narrator, heard something from another ghoul that he was going to go report. But then the other ghoul talked about him reporting him. And so the the second guy then tat, tattled on him, saying he was, he should have reported me when I said that bad thing. But I but I am sorry I said it. Now make him pay. So it was kind of all over the place. And you're right, right? I'm doing a terrible job explaining it because it is almost un- inexplicable. Right. That's much better than I think I could have done. Uh, I put in my notes, it's an underground hell-themed amusement park. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I took away from it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, when people when people do commit a, a, a crime or, or a foul, according to the, the inspectors, 
they blow a whistle and everybody comes around and kicks them to death. Yeah. And when they get killed, they get sent up into the sky. Or did they say the abodes? Or what do they call that? That's just it. There are so many unique words and terminology in Ghoul that, and this is one of the things where that kept me really interested in Ghoul, the story, because I just was trying to figure out what the heck was going on. Right. Um, but I liked it to some spec, uh, in, in some respects. But yeah, it didn't really, didn't really go anywhere. I, it's one of those ones you maybe, I, at least for me, would have to read a couple of times to kind of have a better appreciation for it, probably. Yeah, I agree with you there. <laughs> Mother's Day. So this one in my notes, it says, uh, so, okay, for Mother's Day, it's about a woman who sees another woman and thinks about the affairs that her husband had with her and, and other people, I guess, in the neighborhood and in her life. And, um, and it's told from her perspective and kind of in her thoughts as well as the neighbor that she sees and uh and yeah i thought it was kind of interesting but i don't know if i this is one of my favorites though what yeah you know? i mean like that's just it like did this mother's day a thing at work and the mom of bold action to me like just kind of like seemed like variations on a thing so to speak where they were very much first person narratives um you know uh, two of them bounce back and forth between narrators. Like in Mother's Day, it's first the main woman, and then when she she is recounting all the, all her life and her kids because her kids are visiting her for Mother's Day, and she's like, "Ah, we weren't that terrible parents, and now you lousy kids are all you know washed out up or something like that." And then she walks along the street, and then she sees a neighbor, um, and then we flip over to the neighbor's point of view for her sad state tale about how her daughter ran off and never heard from her again but she would just loved everybody she just gave love to whoever it was and maybe slept around and slept with other people's husbands including the the first woman's husband so it was it just went back and forth and the same thing with like the thing at work and mama born action we told it from a first person point of view a very uh heavy heavy with the internal thoughts of that person I mean, engaging and entertaining still. Yes, don't get me wrong. Like, I like these stories. I was, um, you know, intrigued about what would happen next. But at the same time, then in this one, Mother's Day, the first woman then dies, right? And the ambulance, she has like a stroke or something. And and we're going through all her thoughts about, like, it's it's basically in my, my interpretation of it was like, these are her final fleeting thoughts as she uh, suffering the stroke and dying. Mm -hmm. And so it's a very, uh, it's, it's a very um expressive and uh it, you know fill uh prose with filled with imagery uh about her sons or son and daughter and like her you know just experiencing uh lapse of control over her body and then and then next thing we know we cut to paramedics showing up and like oh no one's in no one's home in there that meaning she's gone so um and, and then it just ends because it's like you said, one of those abrupt endings that George Saunders likes. And, um, you know, so like, it's fine, but like, like I said, it blend, to me, it blended in with all the others. So I didn't really. Right. Yeah. It, it makes you wonder with like, when you're collecting, making a collection of short stories, which he hasn't like released a ton of these. Um, do you add ones like this to balance the other ones out where you have like the dark sci-fi and the light or just like multiple perspective? uh you know type things um because i i kind of agree with you i feel like this one and a couple others they fit in as well as maybe they could have yeah i mean i i, I get what you're saying is like when you have a collection of short stories have it 
a wide range or do you have some palate cleansers in there that are a little more subtle? Like, I feel like Sparrow did a good job of being, like, just a simple little story and get it thrown in there and had more far-out ones. Like, I mean, Google was a far-out one, so, you know, there are good ones in there. But, like, as I was reading this, honestly, Tim, I was reading this and I was hoping or wishing it was more like Exhalation by Ted Chang. Yeah. I'm realizing how much I really enjoyed that he set the bar really high, I think, just as far as like each one being high quality and then also as a book that, you know, thematically fitting together well. Yeah, Exhalation, each one was well done. Each one had a very unique story that uh, helped, kept, you know, like the, the unique story of, Exhal- of each story in Exhalation kept me engaged. Whereas in Liberation Day, I feel like uh, it's more of like trying to figure out what the story is about. Uh, like Google, like trying to figure out what that one was about was fun. I enjoyed it. I like, at the end of the day, I liked Google better than I liked, you know, Mother's Day, Mama Bold Action and the, and the other more uh, 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 everyday type of stories. Um, but it's very different, Exhalation and Liberation Day. But I kept, I can't, I couldn't help but compare the two. Yeah. Yeah. I, there are definitely some parallels. Um, yeah. I think I prefer Exhalation though. <laughs> No. <laughs> All right, we got two more slides. Um, yeah, I'll try. And were you going to say something? I didn't interrupt. Oh, no. I mean, uh, speaking of exhalation and sci-fi, the next one is another kind of uh, sci-fi type one, uh, Elliot Spencer. So it's basically about a, uh, and you can add to this background, but like someone has their memory wiped and then it gets uh, put in like a robot, right? So that, um, you know, the idea is like, what would happen if a, the human mind is sort of still there at some seed of it, but then how would the robot sort of function? And they're trying to use these robots to like, uh, take part in protest, I guess is the end goal or what, are, what is the, are these robots? The, you know, I guess in the audiobook, he spoke in a robot voice is why I thought that. So, uh, what form do they take? Then? Oh, it's his human body. His mind is just white because like when they talk about him, so basically, this old man is a drunk and like homeless and living under a bridge, agrees to get his mind wiped so that he can have a job, I think, and, and get food and shelter. But they, they have to basically rewire his brain. So they're teaching him vocabulary and how to form sentences and stuff. But he's still in his body. Like, cause like, when, when Jer, Jerry is the main caretaker, when he's inspecting, he's like, uh, not a spring chicken. You know, like he's talking about like his body being old and uh worn down a little bit and then so yes so these are basically protesters for hire they wipe their minds they just tell them to yell like bastard turd what what are the other words uh turd idiot idiot (laughs) yeah it was like the same four words you kept hearing but yeah (laughs) they teach them basically oh here it is they teach them to yell bastard turd creep idiot yeah any at anybody who's uh uh facing them so basically yeah. they line up a bunch of these like brainwashed protesters for hire they point them in directions say those people over there go yell bastard turd creep idiot at them and so yeah what, what so we fight what's interesting is like we don't really know what's going on there's another good one where we're like what's happening we don't know you know and then um and uh they go to a couple of these protests people are yelling at each other and then they go home and they get root beer and they're happy you know and then the third time he goes out, he gets beat up by some of the other pro- the people they're protesting against. 
this old man gets beat up. And then that's when we find out that like, they're actually protesters for hire for like anti-union, you know, uh, what was the other one? Uh, certain brutal events that occurred in Allentown, Pennsylvania to some union organizer folks. Or how about um, uh, what happened to a group of unarmed middle school teachers at Galena, Illinois. So basically, um, this reporter grills this old man. Like, the the handlers are around the old man, buffering him around all these protesters for hire so that the protesters for hire don't go actually go out in the world. They're housed at a location and then bus to wherever they need to protest. And this old man then gets beaten up. And so the local report, news reports reporters want to do a story on him. And the handlers are trying to coach him on what to say. And But then the news reporter breaks the, the news that like, these are just protesters for hire. And then, then, they're, they're, then this old man slowly gets his mind back, his memories that are talking about maybe wiping his mind again. Uh, but then he's like, can I have a minute in the backyard? And they like, okay, sure. And then he like goes out the gate and walks down the street and he's like, oh, gonna go high. And then that's yeah. how it ended. Yeah. I thought that was a great story. Like, I don't know. This is probably one of my favorites or top three. What do you think? I would say, I would say this one's Sparrow and Liberation Day, I think are my top three. Because it's, um, has a great sci-fi element, but it's also very like a great political kind of satire. And, um, it's just funny too. And especially the audiobook that threw me off because they made his voice really robotic. But when he said like, what is it? Bastard creep idiot. <laughs> yeah. That, that was pretty funny in the way they did that. Um, but yeah, the great concept. Yeah. And one thing I liked about the physical book was that, um, the narrator is the old man had his mind wiped and is a protester for hire, but the text is his thoughts and it, there's, there's random blank extra spaces in there too. So like when he is thinking it through things about Jerry, his handler and other people, there are periodically breaks in this, the, the text where he's just thinking so that I, I, I find it interesting that you, that you think they did a robotic voice for the old man because like it is kind of broken up and it would sound weird if you paused for those breaks that George Saunders wrote in the physical book. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think about the commentary he's saying. It's like, you know, people get brainwashed to protest about various things. But then thinking back to like the love letter book, it's like the old man regretting maybe he didn't protest more. So I don't know. It's, he doesn't like maybe necessarily spoon feed the, the message, but I think it's still kind of a, an interesting one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Point. Yeah. And then there is one more. It's a short one. Um, called My House, right? Basically about a guy that wants to buy a farmhouse and a farm, but the old man with a sick wife first puts it out, lists on the market, but then he declines all offers and the wife dies and the house kind of goes into disrepair. And the guy that wants to buy the house writes some letters saying, you know, like, oh, you know, sell it to me, please, or all this stuff. And he doesn't sell. And then, then it turns out that uh, the guy that wants to buy the farm is a is sick and then he's gonna die soon. and that was about it yeah i thought this one was like well written but also part of me is kind of like you're suggesting like what's the point there where is this going right <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah so not the not the most memorable one but um yeah i mean yeah well well written overall i like i feel like we did a good job of touching on all of them maybe a little unnecessarily but <laughs> but i think right. i think it gives people an idea of like 
Yes, like so in a collection of short stories, there are similarities carried between from one story to the next or throughout that it's just like similarities any uh, one person is writing, you know. Um, one thing I like about George Saunders is, you know, he's very uh, eloquent with his language when he talks about people's inner monologues and what they're thinking and their motivations and all that stuff. I find it very unique. Uh, he writes like nobody else I know. Um, but, uh, so I appreciate that. Uh, but I would say like overall, this, it was a little disappointing for me because like, I feel like there are a few high points, but mostly like, meh. Um, so can't say I was super, it, it did not live up to my expectations, but my expectations were high. So yeah. Okay. That, that's well said. I think, yeah, for me, part of the time I was just like, what's the point of the story or like, what's going on or where's this going? And I think you know, just the curation aspect of this, like if you just took, uh, Elliot Spencer and then, um, you know, liberation day, the first one, and maybe threw in another like sci-fi one in there, then I feel like that could be its own kind of strong, shorter set. And then the other ones are kind of like their own kind of lighter theme that I wouldn't have been drawn to as much, but other people might've liked more. Um, so yeah, I thought sometimes the messaging was just a little, a little bit clumsy. And I think that's like, the strengths and weaknesses of his style is that sometimes he writes, he doesn't know where it's going and it ends up being an unexpected and interesting ending. And then sometimes it's like, well, maybe this should have had a more, a better, uh, I don't know, theme in mind or, or yeah. art or that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I agree. Like it, I'm glad you, you, uh, looked into that. And so we know that there are, he does kind of start writing and then see where the stories goes himself so that he doesn't have maybe sometimes a fully thought out plan for some story arcs, which is fine. I mean, like I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna critique George Saunders's, you know, <laughs> a, a method because like it works, you know, he's a good, he's a great writer. It's just that like sometimes, you know, some stories are more, um, uh, you know, memorable for me or, or more engaging for me. And there was a couple like, yeah, I enjoyed, like, I think I said, you know, like, uh, Elliot Spencer, you know, Sparrow, Liberation Day. I enjoyed Ghoul, even if, I didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, and love letter was solid. So like, you know, about half of them were, were solid to good, but like, I couldn't help but compare this to exhalation. And to yeah. me, exhalation had so many, oh my God, so many great ones. So like, yeah, it's, 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 um, so liberation day still good, but not great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a little disappointing, but you know, respect to George, he's still doing his thing and, uh, doing it differently than a lot of people. And I think, you know, still a really solid writer. So you, you think you're doing more George Saunders? I would be open to it. Yeah. I think, and also listening, listening to his interviews, I think he's really well-spoken and just seems like a, a chill dude. <laughs> yeah, as well. yeah. I know. I, I, I honestly, the very first time I've heard of, I heard of him, I think way back in the day when he did an interview at the, on the Colbert report, meaning that was a show. And, and I was just solely. I was so um, entertained by his interview and think he's a very uh, uh, intriguing and engaging person that um, I think on that show, he was asked why short stories. And he's like, well, if you, if you were to tell, you know, someone that you love, that you love them, you're not going to draw it out over, you know, 600 pages. You're going to say, I love you, you know, like, and, <laughs> and blurt it out as fast as you can. And so it seemed like, you know, he definitely has a for writing and a love for writing. Uh, I think is contagious, and I enjoy um, him and his work. So I will definitely look forward to reading more of him in the future. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. 
All right, rating time. Rating time. I was between a three and a four. I think some of the stories I might say are like four or five, and some are like two or three. So I think on the whole, I'd probably go for like three. Um, yeah. How about you? Yeah, three for me too. Because like, yeah, I mean, because you know, I yeah, it was just just was a little disappointing. So I'm like, wow, maybe it's going to two. Because like after reading it, it's like, am I ever gonna pick this up again? I don't know. But um, but then you know, thinking more about the stories that I didn't like, you know, like, you know, I could sit down in the evening and, and read like 30, a 30 page story. Like, and it was, it just flew by some of these ones that really were engaging. And I enjoyed that. And it, it you know, is something I look forward to. Like, like whenever I edit one, I stopped there, put the book down the next day I pick it up. They'd be like, all right, all right. What, what do we have to store today? And sometimes it was a miss, but I still enjoyed picking up the book. So it's a solid three. Yeah. Solid three. All right. So what are we reading next time, Tim? Oh, I forget. <laughs> Do you remember? It's your pick? Come on, man. Yeah, I got it. I got it. It's uh, The Code Breaker by Walter Isaacson. Um, I've read uh, Da Vinci biography by him and Steve Jobs. I think he's a good writer. Um, he probably just has a lot of interns doing all his work, but you know. <laughs> just kidding. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. Me too. I need to get it for the library. Do you have that all queued up on your audio book? I better get it sorted out soon. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get going on Codebreaker, but if you have any comments on Liberation Day, you can go to our website, twoguyswonebook.com. It's all spelled out, twoguyswonebook.com. Let us know what you think of Liberation Day. Let us know what you think of Codebreaker, if you've read it already, and um, we look forward to hearing from you. Till on. Yeah, so until next time, Keep reading. All right.